Hey guys, it's Shelly Giglio. Welcome to the Grove Podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear what we have for you today. We just hosted our first in-person gathering in over a year. Praise the Lord. I have to say we did it right. This time it was really super, super special. You can actually watch the whole gathering at thegroveonline.com. Or if you just need a powerful worship prayer teaching moment of the word, I would definitely check out the podcast because today the message that was shared by Cece Winans is on the podcast. She's a dear friend to me. She's so special. Anyone who knows her knows that she's the queen of gospel music. She didn't just bring a song though. She brought an incredible message, a word soaked with the power of God. And I want you to hear from her today. So listen to this message on cultivating conviction. And I know it's going to impact you just like it did me. I give honor to God tonight who is the head of my life. And I'm so glad he's the head of my life. If he wasn't, I would be messed up. But I am totally grateful. I'm grateful because I have my wonderful husband of 36 years here with me somewhere. I don't know where he is. But anyway, I'm glad that he's here. I love him. There he is. Alvin Love, give my husband, my boyfriend a hand. Yes, um, I go by C.C. Winans and neither one of those are my name. Priscilla is my given name. Isn't that a pretty name, Priscilla? But I got stuck with C.C. as a nickname and it got out. And, um, and then I've been married for 36 years, so my last name is Love. But I've been stuck with Winans. So I'm really Priscilla Love, but you know me as Cece Winans. Um, I'm blessed to have my children here. I call them Alpha and Omega. My son, I only had two. My mom had 10 kids. I know, I get weak when I think about it. She had seven boys straight and three girls. I was the first girl. Yeah, they tell me when they brought me home, my brothers looked at me and said, what is this? I messed up their ball team. But anyway, my son is here, who is my pastor, lead pastor Alvin Love is here. My daughter is here, Ashley, who I love so much. And I started loving her even more Christmas day because she gave me my first grandchild. Wyatt is here as well. So anyway, I am just blessed to be here. And I wanna give honor to the shepherds of this house. I love your pastors, I really do. Pastor Louis Giglio and my girl Shelly. I honor her, you know, um, you know, it's not like we spend a lot of time together, but I heard about them way back when, um, when Passion Conference, and I heard all, when they started that, and I heard all the great things God was doing through them and for them, and, and um, I've, I've, been a, I've been blessed from them from afar. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I thank God for their hearts. And I thank God for what God has done. And I pray that God will do much more in their lives and for them and for you. Amen. Are you in agreement with that tonight? <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, it's a lot I want to share with you in a short time. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself in case you don't know who I am. Uh, because it is another whole generation, right? I don't know when it happened, but I became part of the older generation. 
Uh, and I say that because I started singing years ago. I did my first solo probably eight years old. And then I went, when I was 17 years old, to um, the PTL Club. It was a Christian program with Jimmy Tammy Baker. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, praise God. And, and my brother and I went, never planned on being a duet. And uh, Tammy gave us a song to sing, Lord Lift Us Up, Where We Belong. And we did that song, and that was like the beginning of a career that we never knew that God had planned for us. They were like, BB, that was BB and Cece. And that's how our nicknames got. I was like, oh. And then people started calling and saying, can those two little colored kids come to our church? and sing, because we were probably the only two there, maybe. But, but it, was, it, was, it was a blessing. And that's how we started singing. Um, and then we started doing solo projects as well. You know, um, people thought we were married. We're not married, that's my brother. So when we started doing solo projects, they were like, oh, they got a divorce. <laughs> oh, like a divorce? How many interviews have I done? Um, but anyway, so, so tonight, it's been a long time. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I started singing publicly, I guess, and professionally when I was about 17, and I'm 56 now. And, and God has been faithful every step of the way. So tonight, I'm really gonna share with you the one question that I get asked the most, and that is how have you remained strong in your faith all of this time? Um, tonight, I want to motivate you to cultivate your conviction. Cultivate means to acquire or develop, work hard at, foster, nurture, encourage. Conviction is a firmly held belief or opinion, view, thought, persuasion, idea, position, stance, article of faith. Your convictions also include your values, commitments, and motivations. A conviction is something that you're willing to die for. Okay? Um, Romans 4.21 says, In being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Abraham was absolutely convinced that God was able to do what he promised. I am totally convinced that God is able to do what he promised. So what does it mean to cultivate your convictions? It's really simple. It's not deep. It's not something that is hard to do. It means to simply nurture your belief. Nurture your belief. We as believers must understand that we must cultivate, nurture our love for Jesus, our convictions, so that we will become and remain true disciples of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and 
trembling. I pray that God will give us a reverence for him. We need the fear of God in our hearts and in our minds. Amen. We need to reverence him. We need to honor him. We need to get a glimpse of who he is. And God blessed me at a very young age to get a glimpse of who he was. Um, as a child, I, I came to know the Lord Jesus and he became the most important person in my life. And I'm so grateful that he did. Because when you fall in love with him, he needs to be number one in your life. Not number two, not number three. I love Jesus more than anything in anybody. I tell young women all the time, you know, you will meet no one who is fine enough. There's nobody, I don't care how cute he is. <laughs> He's not fine enough to become number one. God must be number one in your life. Amen? Um, yes, Philippians 2, 12, 13, therefore my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I stand before you tonight strong in my faith because of the goodness of God, because of his grace because of his mercy. The Philippian church was dear to Paul's heart. He didn't want his absence from them to be a detriment to their spiritual growth. So he requested that they always, everybody say always, always be careful to follow his instructions, even while he was away. They must put into action God's saving work by obeying, everybody say obeying, God with deep reverence and fear. Paul was calling the entire church to work together to rid themselves of divisions and discord. Although believers are saved and, and their, their salvation is secure when they receive Jesus as Lord, it is in the grind of everyday life, the grind of everyday life that salvation is actually put into action. Okay? Um, why is it important to cultivate your convictions? It's important to cultivate your convictions because your convictions determine the path each one will take throughout their lives. Personal convictions are important in helping to establish a framework. It's, it, it helps you to establish your boundaries, right? That aids us in living our lives in a way that is consistent with who we are, what we believe, who we aspire to become, and where we aspire to be. A lack of personal convictions leads to indecisive living and lack of discipline. Wise personal convictions help propel individuals' God-given purpose. Ephesians 4, 13 through 15 says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to 
and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Ladies, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. May grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. When we are spiritually mature, we are able to withstand the distractions that come from things such as peer pressure or false teaching, all the distractions that we have every day, the distractions of social media, the distractions of the political tension, all the, the distractions that we have. When you're mature in God and you understand the importance of nurturing your belief, you understand the importance of cultivating your conviction, you'll be able to stand no matter what comes. You know, I'm sure, you know, people, I got a lot of questions about 2020. How did you handle 2020? I handled it the way I handle everything else. You have to already know your framework. I trust God no matter what. No matter what. I have to seek him no matter what. When I don't know what to do, I cry out to him, right? It's the way you live. Believers should want to be like Christ, the truth. God is the truth. The Bible is the truth. It's not my truth or your truth. It is the truth. There's one truth, right? And, and the only way that we're going to become all that God has called us to become is we have to come to the place of embracing the word of God as the only truth. How do we cultivate our convictions? We have to understand that the Bible is our standard, not the Bible and something else. It's just the Bible. It's just the word of God. The word of God needs no improvement. He said, don't add or take away. And so we become weary. We become tired. Ladies, we become emotional. We become depressed. We become anxious when we're trying to do part of the word and trying to do part of something else. We have to learn to submit totally to the word of God because it's being hidden in the word of God you find the peace that surpasses all understanding it's in the word of God that you find the wisdom that you need the word of God is our standard Psalm 119 105 says the word is a lamp unto my feet it's a light unto my pathway Everything you need is in the word of God. The word gives you the wisdom you need to cultivate your conviction. It's the manual to living right. It shows you what God accepts and what he doesn't accept. The word of God is our anchor. It never changes. It is our refuge, our hiding place. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our faith is strengthened through the word of God. The word of God shapes, strengthens, and deepens our convictions. When we cultivate our convictions, 
we become more and more like Jesus. When we don't, we become more and more not like him. As believers in Christ, our personal conviction should align with the Bible, what the Bible teaches. They should not be selfishly motivated, but rather motivated by the desire to live lives that are pleasing to God. When I fell in love with Jesus, all I wanted to do was please him. I think we, we make things much more difficult than what it has to be. Especially us. We, we like drama. <laughs> and and, 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 and it's, not, it's not all bad. I mean, God gave us our emotions. You know, we get excited, and that's awesome. You know, we, we're supposed to feel all of them. They all come from God, you know. But, but they have to be lined up with his word. We can't let them drive us. The word has to lead us. We can't be led by our emotions. If you're led by your emotions, you're going to live a life of a roller coaster. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. You know, I remember when, when I was pregnant, my poor husband, he's so awesome. You know, you get so emotional when you're pregnant. At least I did. And I would be crying. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> How can he help me if I don't know what's wrong with me? So we can't allow our emotions to lead us in the Holy Spirit. When he's leading us, then everything falls into place. Amen? The Bible offers the trustworthy guidance we need to establish the personal convictions that govern our lives. Governs your whole life. When you're a teenager, it governs your teenage years. When is that time of the month? It governs you. When you get older and you're having hot flashes, whoo, Jesus, help me. We can't use that as an excuse to be evil. You don't get a pass to be evil. That's when you cry out, Lord, help me. And how many know he comes right in to help you? Amen. He's waiting on us to call him. No, so the Bible, it's not like it goes through every situation that you'll face, but it will give you the principles that you need. And so when you're walking through life, he's taking things out. He's putting things in. He's pruning you. How many know it hurts sometimes? God loves us so well that it hurts sometimes. Why? Because he's changing us. He's transforming us. He's straightening out crooked places. He's changing our thinking. Ultimately, each one of us will give an account to God, and he is the one who will judge us on that day. In a world that is ever-changing, personal convic convictions help to ground us by reminding us of what we believe and reminding us of what's truly important. Personal convictions that are biblically, biblically based enable us to resist temptation and become spiritually mature. As we are tested, and we will be tested, as we are tested and we do not give in to the pressure 
of the world around us. Our faith is being made pure. You become stronger. Every test that you make it through, it's like, ah. Oh. And so I remember times in my life that I had to make choices, choices. And, and the thing that will help you make the choice, you know, a lot of times when I'm talking to people, and especially young people, um, it's like, oh, I, I, I just don't know what to do. I don't know, I don't know. And, and most of the time, if you say, is God pleased with this? It will guide your choices. Is God glorified in this? So many times in my life I said, oh, no, I can't do that. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. It wasn't rocket science. All you have to do is say, does this decision please the Lord? How many women do I have in here who really want to get it right? How many really want to receive all that God has for you? So if you really want to, because I really wanted to. To me, it made no sense to go to church all my life to go to hell. That just didn't make sense to me. You know, I told you I grew up with brothers, right? So, so every Sunday, my parents would say, you know, we grew up at the time where they didn't have children's church, Shelly. They didn't have that. My mom had all of us sitting on the front row, and you better not move. That's amazing to me, right? But, but they would act up in church. And I'm saying to myself, why are y'all acting up? Y'all know they believe in that scripture, you spared a rod, you spoiled a child. They would get whippings like every weekend, every Sunday night. I didn't get that many whippings because I watched them and said, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But, but, and, and so you don't have to. The Bible says he's there to catch you if you fall, right? Or should I say it's a song that says, but it's better, it's a song, not the scriptures. It's a song that said, my, my brother actually wrote it. It's, it's, it's good to know that, that he'll be there to catch you if you fall, but it's better not to fall at all. You can actually live victoriously every day. It doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. It's not that. We're going to make mistakes. And there's grace for every mistake that we'll ever make. But your aim is to please him. And when your aim is to please him, the spirit of God will saturate your heart and mind. And he will strengthen you. That you're so strong in your conviction that you'll stand in the midst of the storm. Right? We must cultivate our conviction in partnership with the Holy Spirit. You cannot do this on your own. Okay? You cannot do it on your own. The fact that we don't feel the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I love the Word of God. The Word of God is so good. It will come for you. Right? The fact that we don't feel the Holy Spirit convicting us in an area of sin doesn't mean that we're not sinning. Do I need to say that again? I thought I did. The fact that we don't feel the Holy Spirit convicting us in an area of sin doesn't mean that we're not sinning. One of the main reasons we may not feel conviction in a certain area is because we have not given proper time 
and proper heart response to the word of God. We have to partner with God in cultivating conviction by prayerfully reading the Bible and responding with our hearts over time. You have to continue to walk this thing out. It's a process. And I know we love to say, well, you know, God is working on me, you know, and it is a process, but we should see some progress during this process. You shouldn't still be in the first grade and it's been 10 years. Amen. Amen. That same thing that used to trip you up five years ago should not be tripping you up right now. Y'all getting quiet. And I know it's a lot of y'all here. I see you. I see you. I see you. <laughs> we have to come in humility before the word of God and let God search our hearts. I love the word of God because the word of God will go where you can't go. Oh, please hear me. Please hear me. Living in love with him is the best life you could ever live. The devil would have took my mind a long time ago. If I didn't allow the Holy Spirit to renew my mind, the word of God is living and powerful. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Ask God to examine your heart and invite conviction to increase. You know, I always ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what do you want me to do? And also, the Holy Spirit talks to me even when I don't want him to talk to me. <laughs> so, just because we act like we don't hear him, <laughs> doesn't mean he's not talking. You know, there's been so many times, even in marriage, people always ask me, well, how do you have a good marriage? Like, they, they really want something deep from me. And it's like... You know, you just have to treat people the way you want to be treated. You have to honor God. We honor the word of God in our marriage. We both submit to the word of God and we submit to one another. We have made submission a bad word. And a submission is a beautiful word. Submission brings protection. Submission brings strength. Submission will cultivate your conviction. I've, you know, growing up, again, I have to always go back to my life because growing up, I, you know, I just remember going to one church. We've been pastor now for nine years. I don't understand church hopping. I just don't understand that. But it's like we stay there until somebody tell us something we don't want to hear. But that's the only way you're going to grow. You have to be planted. If you're somewhere and you never get offended, you need to leave. It's like, I don't want to go there. They don't make me feel. No, that's where you need to stay. Because God is trying to get something out of you. You have to learn to love people who don't appear to be lovable. That's how you become like Jesus. We don't become like Jesus being comfortable. Always feeling goosebumps on the inside. No, 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 no. I grew up in a time where the mothers would say, baby, sit down. In front of everybody. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it built something in me. 
I don't care what everybody else is doing. I'm going to live holy. I am going to live a righteous life because I really do believe. See, what you believe determines your conduct. You can't say you believe and live any kind of way. I believe that one day I do have to stand before Jesus. And I made up my mind a long time ago that I will hear him say, well done. I'm going to do that. Anybody going to hear that with me? Jesus, he paid it all. And I want everything that he paid for. Don't none of you, why y'all laughing? Don't none of y'all go to the grocery store and leave your stuff on the counter? You don't go to the mall and give them your credit card and just leave. No, just leave it there. But that's what we're doing. Jesus bled for us. You're going to tell me what he did for us can't keep you? He just doesn't save us, but he keeps us. The God I serve is a keeper. If we're going to be the church, then let's be the church. If you're not going to be the church, then you need to just do something else. Because really, really, y'all, <laughs> it doesn't count if it's not for real. That's what I want y'all to hear. Don't let the devil, don't listen to the devil's lies anymore. It doesn't count if it's not real. He loves us. He loves us. This, this is a scripture I'm going to share with you. I'm so glad I'm here at this scripture because I didn't know where I was in my message. Praise God. <laughs> I'm trying to see how much time I got to hurry. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm at this scripture because this scripture as a kid used to scare me. You know, when I was growing up, they taught on hell a lot. <laughs> they didn't teach a lot on the love of God. But as a kid, I, I got that. I was like, I'm not going to hell. I'm not doing <laughs> That's not the place. It wasn't because I love God and I was so holy. It was like, I'm not going there. <laughs> it wasn't until I got older that I said, oh, he loves me. Oh, there's so much grace. Before that, I'm not going to hell. <laughs> it was nothing emotional about it just like I'm not doing that so tell me what I got to do not to do go there <laughs> Matthew this this scripture is deep watch 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 Matthew 21 through 23 it says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will everybody say does the will come on y'all can say stronger than that y'all y'all was loud when y'all was singing <laughs> say does the will there you go, there you go. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Check this out. And cast out demons in your name? These weren't lazy people. They're out there working. And cast out demon in your name and do many mighty works in your name. And then will I declare to them, I 
never knew you. Not, oh, I remember that time. No, he didn't say that. And I, I used to think, oh, no, 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 God, I'm not, I'm not coming that way. I'm not getting up there and you say, you never knew me? What are you talking about? Then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You people who are determined to do it your way. You're, you people who are determined to do part the word and part flesh. Lawlessness. Jesus called himself Lord, Lord and referred to God as my father in heaven. Because people's fruit reveals who they really are. Your fruit reveals who you are. It is amazing. I go places and they say, oh, you're so nice. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to be? I'm a believer. What does that mean? That means you need to be nice to everybody. And if you're not, because you're going to have bad days, then you apologize. You repent and you get back in line. You shouldn't be known for being mean. People shouldn't be shocked on your job that you're saved. You, what? You what? That's not good. That's not good on any level at all. That's not good. Um, fruit reveals who they really are, right? And that's why you can't run from being corrected. We love to hear about the love of God, but the love of God means you're going to get rebuked sometime. You're going to get corrected. That's the only way you become like him. So I get excited when I go to church. You know, my, my son just became lead pastor, and man, the fire of God has been on him. And every, every week, it's like I'm repenting. And I'm like, oh my God, he's coming for us again. The Holy Spirit is coming for us again. But I get excited. I love going to church. I see some of the saints getting discouraged. They're like, oh man, it's, it's another one. But, but, <laughs> but he loves those he chases after, right? He corrects those that he loves. And I get excited when the word finds me. I'd be like, oh, wow, he got me. <laughs> but that's when you're being cultivated. He's, he's fixing things and he's making you stronger. And when you go through one thing, it's like, oh, it's, so now it's easy. What, what used to be hard for me to say no to is easy now. It doesn't mean it's going to stay easy because when, whenever God takes you one place, he's got somewhere else for you to go. So therefore, none of us could ever boast. We can't, we can't lay back and chill out. All of us who are getting older, you can't chill out now. You got to keep going. But when I look back and see God's faithfulness, in the worst times of my life, he shows up for me. I never think about giving up. Never. Because the Holy Spirit is with me. And it's like, Lord, the thought will come. I mean, the enemy is going to bring thoughts. But you, don't, you, don't, you pull it down. The word of God tells you how to fight. We're in a fight. So when a thought comes, you don't dwell on that thought. I'm like, the devil, devil, you're a lie. The blood of Jesus covers my mind. The blood of Jesus covers my thoughts. The blood of Jesus. And, 
after I go to praising him so much, then I'm just full of joy. It's hard to go in God's presence and come out the same way. It's when you try to fix it in your own strength. All right? Um, 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 it says, people's fruit reveal who they really are. Then it follows that simply calling Jesus Lord is not enough. Not all people who sound religious are really godly. Those who will enter the kingdom of heaven are only those who obey. Everybody say obey. Jesus is more concerned about our walk than our talk. All right? He wants us to do the right thing. Not because, it's not him with a bat on your head saying, do this. He wants you to do the right thing so that you can experience his best. Do the right thing, experience his best. One of my favorite scriptures is in Psalms 84 and 11, where he says, God is our, our, our uh, what is it, our, shield, our glory and our shield, and no good thing would he withhold from those who do what is right. No good thing would he withhold from those who do what is right. Jesus exposed those people who sounded religious but had no relationship with him. That's why I'm telling you, no matter how old you are, as a child, you can have a relationship with Jesus. As a teenager, you can have a relationship with Jesus. As a young adult, a single, a single young adult, you can have a relationship with Jesus. As married people, you can have a relationship with Jesus. A lot of times people think, oh, my life is going to be perfect when I get married. If your, per your life ain't perfect now... I, th I love my husband. We have been married for 36 years. He is my best friend. I tell everybody, marriage will e either save you or make you backslide. <laughs> Why? Because it teaches you to love unselfishly. We are born selfish. And it's the same way when you in a relationship with God, you have to give him everything. It's not about you. It's about submitting to him under the authority of the word of God. Okay? All right. I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. Let's go to James. I'm going to skip over a little bit. Go to James. Uh, James, I love the book of James because it's in your face. The book of James is, is beautiful because it's, it really does cultivate your, your conviction. It, it tells you certain things that you need to do and what happens. But James 1.21, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. All right? It speaks of the new birth. Now he explains that this new birth should reveal its way in the way we act. All right? This has in mind an impure manner of living. The light of the nature of temptation in light of the nature of temptation and the goodness of God, we are to lay aside all impurity, right? Far from us. Don't keep it in reach, in hand's reach. If you need to get rid of the app, get rid of the app. If you need to get rid of your phone, get rid of it, right? Get away. It says, take it off. Take it off. Get rid of it. And then the implanted word, I love the word of God, when it's implanted in your heart, it will give you a new nature. 
it will give you a new nature. So you become stronger and stronger in him. You understand who you are, whose you are, what God has for your life. You embrace it. You embrace it, right? And, and I love it because um, a new nature means it doesn't matter what your past has been. Don't let the enemy steal from your future with your past. He said, old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. You can't really grasp that if you're not cultivating your belief. And you cultivate your belief, like I said, by embracing the word of God. And then you have to understand that it's not just knowing the word or, or, or mem memorizing scriptures, but it's actually doing the word. Okay, you have to listen and do it. James 1, 22 and 25. Uh, 22 through 25, it said, But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law, it's the perfect law of liberty, it's freedom in the word of God, and continues in it, and, it is, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does, right? So it doesn't really matter what you hear if you're not doing it, all right? The word of God needs to be your best friend. Um, and it's not like you have to be a great theologian. It's not like you have to be a Bible scholar, okay? I don't want to try to paint that picture. But it, it, it does mean being faithful to, to read his word, to meditate on his word, being faithful to church. We don't tell you to come to church because we feel like it's just something to do, but this is part of cultivating your belief. This is how you get stronger, being faithful to life group. Whatever your pastors are telling you, submit to the authority of God. That's nothing but a lie from the enemy to make you think you're not supposed to submit to the people that God has over you. I know I'm blessed today because I submitted to my pastors. I submitted to my parents. I didn't want to get a whipping, but I submitted. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And when you catch on what really works, because money, fame, when I stand before God, he's not going to ask me, how many Grammys do you have, Cece? None of that will count. When I stand before him, he's going to be looking to see a reflection of himself. He's going to be looking for the heart. What did you do with the time that I've given you? Amen? And so, so you have to stay in the word because the word is like a mirror. The word is like a mirror. Did I read that scripture already? I want to read the scripture. Yes, yes. Um, it, says, it says here, some people take a look at God's word without letting it affect their lives, okay? It's like going into a mirror and it's like just going by the mirror. Now, I didn't see nothing. It's when you look into the mirror, you begin to see, oh, this is in my hair. All, raise your hand if you looked into the mirror today. We all look in the mirror, right? And, and the mirror reveals what we are, 
what we look like. Now I can stand in this mirror all day long and say, I'm a size four. <laughs> That's not what the mirror is telling me. Now, if you put a one in front of the four, then we're, we're there. The word of God shows you who you are, not to condemn you, but to convict you, to get it right. You know, fix that. Oh, oh, something's in my nose. I need to fix something. Okay, let me fix that. Oh, let me take that off. Oh, I got to forgive that person. Oh, okay. I got to say I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, I got to make it to church. You know what? The doors are open. God, I, I love you with everything. No. Okay. I can't go over that person's house. It's three o'clock in the morning. Why would I go over there at three o'clock in the morning? Nothing good is going to happen at three o'clock in the morning. I, I'm, I'm keeping myself pure and clean before the Lord. So, so that's going to dictate how late I stay out. See, the word will show you, the word will cultivate how you're supposed to live. Not, not from Sunday to Sunday. We're not talking, there's no goosebumps. When the Holy Spirit said, take your behind home. You say, yes, Lord. And what happens when you say, yes, Lord, you get a little bit stronger. So now when that temptation comes, you don't even think about it. Why? Because I'm strong now. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to take out what he wants to take out. I'm not God. God is God, right? And, and, and as I submit to him and to those he has put into me, as I look into the mirror, when you really look into the word of God, he's going to show you something. He's going to encourage you. You're going to be reminded that you're loved. When you really know that God loves you, it changes your life. When you know that you're good enough, that you're, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, how are you going to know that when you don't take out time to look in the mirror? You got time for everything else but your word. And you wonder why you have no power. The power's in the word. And I love multitasking. I know we do that. You know, we, well, I, I listened to the Bible while I was driving to work and I was putting on my makeup. We do everything. Sometimes you just got to sit alone so the Holy Spirit can saturate your mind. I know when life hits me and I hit the floor because it hits me sometimes really hard, but I know what to do. I fall out on the floor and say, God, you promised in your word. You promised in your word that you would be there. You promised you would save my children. You promised you would save my marriage. You promised that. So I'm standing on your word and I'm gonna believe for everything you paid for. You get the boldness to look the devil in the face and say, I dare you. The blood of Jesus rebukes you because you understand that it's not in your own strength. But it's because you realize you got all of heaven backing you up. Oh, he's backing you up, baby. He's backing you up. He's backing you up. So then you can stand. No matter what comes, you can stand. God will bless his people who look steadily at his word. Stop taking breaks. Why do we feel like as believers we, we have to take breaks? The devil doesn't take breaks. 
It's amazing how people say, now, I went to church four weeks in a row. <laughs> like, like, you're supposed to get a star. <laughs> Where else you gonna be? If you wanna live right. The Bible says there's no good thing that dwells in my flesh. In my flesh dwells no good thing. So if in my flesh dwells no good thing, then we need to be here every time the door is open. That shouldn't be the last thing on your list. It needs to be the first thing on your list. Do you really believe? Do you really believe? Because if you believe, you're going to see it in your lifestyle. When you embrace the word, you embrace, you choose a lifestyle that pleases him. If your lifestyle don't line up with your faith, something's wrong. God loves you with an everlasting love. Don't be deceived. He loves you with an everlasting love. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's so good. Um, I want to read. It was one last scripture. Let me see. Do you guys have the scripture in John? It was one in John that I wanted to read. Is it up there? Okay, now I can't see it because I don't have my glasses. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> all right, everybody, we're all going to read it together. <laughs> Are you ready? And then I'm going to end. We're, go we're all going to read this together. <laughs> and y'all better read it right, too. <laughs> all right, let's read. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is a propitiation. A propitiation. <laughs> Keep going. Don't cuss now. Don't cuss. <laughs> Come on. Keep going. If we do what? If we do what? All right. Keep reading. He's a what? A liar. No. <laughs> All right, keep reading. And the Come on, put those hands together and give God praise. If you love them, then walk like it. If you love them, talk like it. Because when you submit to him, he will keep you strong. He will build you up. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will give you all of the promises in his word. He'll be there for you in the good times. He'll be there for you in the bad times. But you gotta say yes. 
And living for the Lord, guys, it's the best life you could ever live. It's the best. I'm not saying that just to say it's the best life you could ever. It's a high life. It's a precious life. Oh, it's a glory. Anybody in agreement with me? So be motivated to cultivate your belief so that you'll be strong. Because you know what? When we're strong in the Lord, then we begin to shine. When we mature in the Lord, it's no longer about us. The last step really in cultivating your beliefs is when you care about somebody else. Your mind begins to think it's not just about you, but your thoughts are now on other people. Why? Because I've made up my mind. I'm going to make it. I'm going to hear well done. But you know what? I want my sister to hear it too. I want my coworker to hear it too. So I'm going to invite them to church. See, a lot of us don't invite them to church because we don't know if we're going. <laughs> but when I make up my mind that this is my lifestyle, I get excited about the word. So if people see your excitement and they want what you have. So then you say, come on, come to church with me. And then when you see somebody get saved, oh my God, talking about strengthening your belief and your conviction, you're ready to take on the world. So everything that's in the word is for your good. God wants you to be strong and to remain strong. 2020 was a rough year, but guys, I don't know what the future holds. But God does. I don't have to worry about it. Nothing takes him by. He wasn't shocked by the pandemic. He knew it was coming. And he already made a way of escape. And when you fall in love with him, you can't lose. If I die tonight, I'm being promoted. God has not given us the spirit of fear. But he's given us power, love and a sound mind. Close your eyes, we're gonna pray. Father God, I thank you for this word. I thank you for how you love us. You love us so well, God, and I thank you for every woman under the sound of my voice. I thank you, God, for um, the word that have gone forth, and I pray, Lord, that it will fall on good ground and that we will see fruit, not just this weekend, but for the rest of our lives, Lord. I pray that their minds will be made up and they, they, was, they would say yes to your will and yes to your way and that they would line up their lives with your word, that they would truly believe and allow the Holy Spirit to saturate every area of their heart, every area of their minds, God, every part of their lives. Let everything about them bring you glory and honor. And Father God, I pray for those who are under my voice who don't know you as Lord and Savior, who want to be in a relationship with you and who are willing to step out and believe in the word of God, believe that Jesus died on the cross. Father God, I pray they would say yes to you tonight. So I want everybody under the sound of my voice to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. 
and I believe on the third day you raised him from the grave. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me and make me whole in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I will be empowered to live the life that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Now put those hands together and give them praise. Yes and amen to that talk. Have you ever heard the truth so simply put, but so powerfully impactful? Thank you so much, Cece. And to your whole family who came with you for The Grove, we loved having you in our house. You probably already know this, but Cece has a new album out called Believe For It. That song in particular will absolutely blow your mind. I bet I've listened to it a thousand times over and over and over again. The whole album is just incredible. So check it out and be so encouraged. And if you prayed with Cece tonight to accept Jesus into your life for the very first time, we want to celebrate with you. We want to encourage you and help you. So even right now, you could text ALIVE to 33864 and someone on our team at Passion City Church would love to be in touch with you. So thanks for listening today. We hope you have an incredible day. We love you guys and we look forward to next time on The Grove Podcast.